It is King's Day. Oh, how great is it? It is great. I was going to go on a distasteful tangent, but um, no, let's focus on King's Day. Let's focus on King's Day. Yes. Yay, happy it, King's Day. It really Day. is. Yeah, it is Friday. It is King's Day. We have a mystery, but we also have celebrations. Yeah. We have uh, orangeness. Um, yeah. I suppose. We have. You have beer. I have... Uh, some bubbly oh, yeah. celebration. I, I'm well. I mean, it is the amber tones that are technically not orange, but slightly closer than the bubbly second. Do you want to cheers? Cheers. Cheers. Prost. Um, mm. True. I was tempted today to today would us, be the day to say prost. Yeah, it's true. Um, I was tempted to make us orange cocktails, and then I decided, in the spirit of King's Day, let's be lazy because this is the day kids do all the stuff, and grown-ups basically do nothing other than wander around and drink, and possibly freak out over their wonderful heirlooms, wonderful heirlooms that the kids are trying to sell. <laughs> I really hope people have heirlooms, like whenever they've like glued sure. the kids' first haircut onto ornaments and stuff. <laughs> This is actually less an actual language issue and more the fact that uh, I had a movie night recently with a friend uh-huh. and we saw because they hadn't seen Django Unchained. Uh-huh. So we saw Django Unchained. I haven't seen it in ages. Like, for some reason, there are a lot of things happening in that movie. Yeah. But the one thing that got stuck in my head was Leonardo DiCaprio talking about white cake oh i just um i i think he and samuel l jackson are the reason i can never watch that movie again because both of them are just the creepiest they are it's brilliant acting no i yeah yeah it is but, brilliant no, acting, but, but no thank you i i know what you mean i know uh, what you mean Mr. Bart. I, I, um, it's kind of once isn't it i feel that way about all recent tarantino movies it's like mm. no just I'm, I'm good thank you i completely get that stance i i think it's brilliant performances but, no. but but like in this instinct, in this instant, that was a language issue. Uh, <laughs> it's just like they, for some reason, we focus so much on like how many times they squeeze in his very weird, over-exaggerated uh, Southern pronunciation wow. of having like a an H. We're talking three times the uh, font size at the start of the word white cake. Uh, so I've been very, you know, H heavy leading into words nowadays. Oh. I think that got into the heirlooms. That's, um, yeah, that's not your, it should not be your linguistic role model. No. No. Oh, I am um, a Wait, bit sad. I, I just had a flashback. You actually, hmm? in, at some point in some episode, you likened me to a Southern gentleman. Oh, and that's kind of why I said ooh, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I don't remember which episode it was. <laughs> Me neither, and I don't remember the context. But there are too many now. Never mind. If you remember, let us know. Were you a bit sad? I'm sad you? that it's raining. It's yeah. Blech. Oh, but rain is cozy. Yeah. Okay. It's it's good for King's not night, King's day, mm. Avond. Yeah. So King's Night, let's let's make things a bit clearer. Yes, Actually, we need to clarify. Shall, shall I just 
tell a little bit more about King's Day? I think you should educate our wonderful listeners okay. and hopefully I can learn something as well. But I'm feeling relatively informed here for yeah. once. Okay. Well, uh, King's Day is on the 27th of April every year. Um, do you know what date it's held on if the 27th of April is a Sunday? The 26th? Yay! Yes, it is. Mm. And do you know why it's held on the 27th of April? Because of Billy Boy's birthday? Nope. No. Well, it depends Did who you mean by it? Billy Boy. Do you mean William of Orange, yeah? Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Um, Did they change that? Yeah, and it's even oh, changed since that. you've been living over here. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll tell you the story of the um, essentially. It's the biggest, arguably the biggest Dutch national holiday. Everyone's mm. off work, um, and kids essentially go out into the streets um, or into the parks and sell their old toys or their junk, <laughs> or they make like really nasty arts and crafts projects and you know ask for 50 cents or a euro for stuff um or they set up like little games and i feel like it goes sort of like santa like as as kids get older they still want to participate even though they think maybe i can't get away with it anymore so then you end up with like kids a bit older that are still trying to make money so they might make buns or like uh drinks or something like that um or you get teenagers going throw a sponge at me for a euro ago, and then you get other ones going throw an egg at me for two euros ago, mm. and or, yeah, it's just some of them are pretty brutal. Like there were really men and women with anger issues taking running uh, starts on throwing eggs at kids last year. I uh, have not seen these. Oh yeah, you need uh, to. See yeah, that I, I mostly focus on the um, people like selling books and selling movies, or oh, as no. we discussed earlier, puppets yeah. and puppets, which I was very happy about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's. I, I've not seen those. I, guess. I don't know. There's some like kids out there who are like, yeah, why not? And you know what? If they walk away with fifty euro or hundred euro from it, then that's pretty. I much. mean, is it worse than paintballing? Maybe not. I mean, think about the bruises mm. you end up from doing paintballing or airsoft. Oh, I know. Yeah, so well, it's I know okay. paintballing, not airsoft. Well, I've yes, I do. Actually, either, so. I've I've never uh, well done it with bunny rabbit ears, but I've been shot with uh, <laughs> soft air guns. Oh. So. Um, okay, I'll I'll give you the highlights reel. The first time the holiday was observed was on the thirty first of August. Yes, thirty first of August, eighteen eighty five. And it was known as Princess's Day. Okay. So Princessa Dach. Um, and it was the fifth birthday of Princess Wilhelmina, who at the time was the heir to the Dutch throne. Uh-huh. Um, her father actually died when she was 10. So um, she ascended to the throne on November 1890. Mm. And then the holiday became known as Queen's Day. Mm. Um and was then celebrated as that from 1891. Um, it was then in September 1948 when her daughter ended up ascending to the throne. So that would be Queen Juliana. Um, and it ended up moving to the 30th of April to match her birthday. Mm. Yeah. Um, and when Juliana's daughter, Beatrix, who you know, because that was the queen when you moved oh, here, yes. and me. Whenever she ended up ascending to the throne, she decided to keep it on the 30th of April, even though her birthday was in January, because 31st of January is way too cold to have King's Day, I guess. Oh. Or maybe she was like... I missed yeah. 
thought I thought it was still birthday no. in her time. Oh, no, so okay. it was thirty first of August. Um, since Wilhelmina, mm-hmm. then whenever it went to her daughter Juliana, it moved to the thirtieth of April, mm. and whenever it moved to her daughter Beatrix, um, it was kept on the thirtieth of April, even though Beatrix's birthday is the thirty first of January. Mm. So whenever in what was it twenty thirteen, um, yeah, in twenty thirteen. Um, Queen Beatrix actually abdicated at, mm. on Queen's Day. Oh, it was 13. I thought we said 14 last episode. Well, that's the thing. Correction. No, no, no. It's oh, not no. a correction. Oh, okay. Um, she abdicated on Queen's Day 2013. So that mm. was the last Queen's Day. Yes. And, and exactly a year one, later, yeah. um, her son, uh, King Willem, well, now King mm. Willem Alexander, had his first king's day but Mm. instead of celebrating it on the 30th of april they moved it forward to his birthday which is the 27th Mm. so yeah that is the story of how we ended up with queen's day and king's day but then it is his birthday now it is his birthday now oh okay so it is on his birthday now but you said king billy king william it's to us king billy is like william of orange like william the first william the first i think it's william the first Wait, no, no, wait, what's the actual name of the king right now? Willem Alexander. Willem. Oh, okay. So yes. I, I go. Yes. I, I, I was going for something like that. Okay. I, I meant the current king, sorry. Oh, that was totally unclear. That's why I'm like King Billy. <laughs> that, that is on me. That is on me. Oh, dear. Uh, well, yes. you were originally right then. Willem, William, come on. But yeah, so as we briefly mentioned in the last episode, yeah. The first ever King's Day, ever, ever, ever King's Day was mm. 2014. And yeah, it's it's only been moved three days now. Mm. But that's kind of cool that the birthdays, like, was on his grandmother's birthday. And oh, yeah, on his. definitely, definitely. Um, but there mm. was actually a really horrible thing that happened on oh. uh, the 2009 Queen's Day. Oh, yeah. So... Traditionally, the Dutch royal family um, will will go out among the people and, um, well, after, whenever it was Princess's Day and Queen's Day um, with Wilhelmina and Juliana, the tradition was to um, have a a flower parade Mm. at the Zeust Palace. Um, So there there would just be a big, huge parade in, uh, I mean, not super south, but south of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Whenever it came to uh, Maxima, was it Maxima? Maxima is our Sorry. current queen. Sorry. Whenever it came to Beatrix, <laughs> um, she decided to change the tradition and um, started visiting little Dutch towns every year mm. um, to to bring her kids along and just enjoy the festivities yeah, and, yeah. and turn it into a thing, which I also guess it's better to do when it's not your birthday because then you get to still have your birthday. Fair point, and yeah. Your kids get to go and have fun and do the whole celebrations of their mum. Yeah. So every year they, they go to a Dutch town and there's a whole big thing and it's super exciting. Um, but the 2009 one um, was was pretty bad. They, The royal family was in an open top bus and um, it was making uh, a turn towards the palace of Hedlo. Uh, low? Uh, okay, you need to cut this. It was making its last turn towards the palace in Appledorn. Mm-hmm. When a uh, a black older model Suzuki Swift crashed through onlookers, it just missed the bus, mm-hmm. um, but slammed into people in the crowd and slammed into a big um, royal monument called Deneld. 
Um, oh. Yeah, it, it was it was really brutal. Essentially, eight people ended up dead. Not not all mm. of them at the scene. There were seventeen injured at the scene, and by the end of it, eight people, if you include the driver of the car, ended up dead. Mm. Um, no one in the royal family was was harmed, but. As with any of the the big King's Day or Queen's Day celebrations, the whole thing was being broadcast live. Of course. And um, the royal family were right there and saw the whole thing. So you can imagine the uh, the camera crews are all flicking between the royals' reaction to yeah. the horrific scenes and what's going on. Um, there was also a picture of the driver of the car. He had a pretty severe head injury after the crash. And there was a photo taken right inside the cab of of him, and it won the uh, journalistic photo- photography prize that year. Oh, which is kind of horrible, but also, yeah, we we sort of yeah. talked about it last yeah. week, or sorry, on Monday, and <laughs> it's it's very strange. Um, but. It is a little bit of a mystery because the guy um, was a a 38-year-old Dutch guy. Um, He was called Karst Roland Tate. And um, he he was rescued from the car at the scene and uh, he later died in hospital. Hmm. But yeah, he he was just a guy from a small town in the east of the Netherlands. He had no criminal record. Um, There was no traces of alcohol in his system. Hmm. Um, And he actually called his mom the day before to to say, I'm really looking forward to your birthday on the 3rd of May. And um, Hmm. yeah, there there was seemingly no no motive and no one really knew why it happened. And um, the police determined it was a premeditated attack, but it was really poorly planned. Hmm. There was some speculation that it was because he'd lost his job as a, I think it was a night shift um, security guard. Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to take it out on people. But he was also facing eviction from his house. But yeah, the, the whole thing is really brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, be, because he died, of course, no one was, he was never prosecuted. He never received anything. And the royals were pretty quick to act in response. Like they, um, the queen at that time, Beatrix, of course, um, she released a, a video message to the public within a couple of hours of the attack. Um, and it was, it was pretty emotional. So she said, what started out as a beautiful day has ended in a terrible tragedy that has shocked all of us. People who were standing nearby, people who saw it happen on television, all those who witnessed it must have been watching in astonishment and disbelief. We, the royal family, Mm. are speechless that something so terrible could have happened. My family, myself, and I think every person in the country feels for the victims, their families and friends, and all those who have been affected by this incident. The spontaneous reaction throughout the country was to lower the flags to half-mast. And it's mm. it's really like, um, anyone who's listening to this, Google some pictures of King's Day or Queen's Day in the Netherlands. It's, it's incredible. And the atmosphere is amazing. And mm. um, everyone's dressed in orange. And, you know, it it's there. It's just nice. It feels very inclusive. And when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's, it's pretty lovely. Um, mm. So this happening on on an event like this it's 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 awful and um you know especially with so many kids around and it's all being broadcast out to people across the country but yeah people are lowering their flags to half mast which is really not normal without instruction Mm. um and on on queen's day or king's day in particular it's like that's the day you you have the flag up at all 
and and you, you fly flags with like an orange banner across it it's 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 a thing mm. um and later even the the prime minister actually announced that they wanted to to fly the flags to half mass but it was already happening mm-hmm. what they did do is a year later um well almost a year later the the day before the one year anniversary of what happened they uh, unveiled a monument remembering the the seven victims um excluding of course the uh the eighth person who died from it mm. And the the monument is beautiful. I think I might have shown you it last week. Um, it's it's like a silver box with seven white balloons and some uh, some blue balloons in it. So the balloons are all made of glass. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is also very Dutch. Um, the blue uh, blue white ball thing as well. Yeah, it, it's stunning. So it's described as representing vulnerability, festivity, and mourning. And I think it's it's mm. kind of beautiful that they do the balloons is, in there because yeah. it it is so festive, but it's also um, so reverent and like it's. I think it's a really beautiful tribute, but it's mm. also really sad. So on the one hand, it's nice that the day has been moved because next week we can actually remember the victims of this yeah. and um, and think about, hey, it's it may be a, an amazing day, but bad things have happened on it and they should be remembered. Hmm. And bringing it back from that, you look, you look, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got brought down a bit, but I can, I'm I can contemplative, see. but there's also a lot to celebrate yeah. in conjunction with this. And today especially, so we should be happy today. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, yeah, we need a segue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think as sad as it is, it's important to remember that something bad happened. Mm. And it was people who were probably celebrating just like we are. True, true. So, on that note, let's lift the spirits. <laughs> with even more gruesome crime? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. With with gruesome crime from times ago involving blue blood, because that's apparently our theme this week. We're, we're moving away from Dutch crimes. I'm definitely... Yeah, I know you are as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not anywhere near the Netherlands. Um, it's not that far back in my case, though. Oh, really? No, not really. Oh, mine's kind of far back, but yours mm. is far away. Mine's near-ish. Mm. But I Pretty think, close, yeah. Yeah, I think we already established that you're worst this week. I'm feeling rather confident on that point, yes. Would you like to, to tell me your story then? I do. I really do. Okay, great. My story mm-hmm. this week concerns... And I'm so sorry, but I'm going to butcher a lot of names in this episode. This story concerns Dipendra Birbikramsha. That doesn't sorry. sound very Nepalese. That so, sounds quite Swedish. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I really hope it didn't. I wonder sound Swedish, how many but, um, I wonder how many Nepalese people have ever had their names pronounced in a Swedish accent though. I think it's cool. It's totally cool. I, oh, no, dude, you're good. You're good. I'm just being... Yeah, yeah I, I don't know what I was going for. Um, I think you're just sing-songy. It's just, it's so yeah, lovely and sing-songy. Possible, and then I that's hear the possible, Swedish. but I'm going to let you try this name later as well. Oh, are we playing this game? I'm tempted to. Oh, dear. Due to this, you know, barrage. I can dish it out. I don't um, know if I can take it. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> but 
Prince uh, Nabindra was the penultimate king of Nepal. Ah, so you ah. already uh, positioned this is from Nepal. Okay, cool. So this wasn't that long ago. So we're talking turn of the millennium-ish mm-hmm. for the most of here. As the crown prince, uh, Pindra was first educated on the base level in uh, Kathmandu. Okay. Then he attended Eton College, which I know... In England? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I Most of our listeners are in the US, so I don't think they know what Eton is. Hmm. Eton, shall I do it or shall you? Please, please go ahead. High level, Eton is a very prestigious... For, for you Americans... Um, you North Americans I, I will describe it as a private school um, but in reality you call it a public school in the UK um, really? which yeah I even though that. it's not it's it, like yeah, it, yeah. it's a private school but if, if you say public school boy it means that you're privately educated hmm. um, anyway of course uh, yeah so um Sorry, Americans, I know it's super weird. I have no explanation. But Eton is very, very prestigious, uh, essentially a high school. Um, but I, there's going to be some English person listening to this rolling their eyes going, you did not just call Eton a high school because it's really not okay. It's been around hundreds of years. It's kind of like where I, I believe there are more students that come from Eton than any other uh, secondary school um, and go to an Oxbridge University. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, there. There's there's a big connection with one more than the other, but I, I can't remember which way it goes. Huh. But e- Eton is is an incredibly um, old, incredibly prestigious, um, probably incredibly expensive school that that is very much old money, not new money. If you're mm. new money, you wouldn't go to Eton necessarily. <laughs> it's yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Went to Eton. Okay. He that, did go to Eton. That's painting an interesting. Well, of course, he's a royal. Okay, get it. I get yeah, it. I get there it. is a lot of that from what I understand. Yeah. Um, but after Eton, he went to, um, he went back to Nepal, uh, at university, and then also a military academy, also in Nepal. Okay. Uh, for his uh, master's and doctorate, he studied geography, which I found yeah. slightly unexpected, but I'm not sure why. I. I have to say, like, any of the people I know that study geography, I'm just like, ooh, rolling my eyes at you. Don't get me wrong. I I Mm. dated one, and it was super interesting (laughs) to hear all about the names of all the different clouds and different rocks and stuff. Yeah, they did that in geography at our schools. Um, Clouds? Yeah, really. uh, Nimbus? Like, branching into the geology is one thing, but clouds? Yeah. Oh, Okay. It was really like there's something quite romantic about lying back in the grass in a park and having your uh, significant definitely, other point out the clouds and name them all. It's like, yeah. I'm all for that, but I'm not seeing the connection to geography, to be honest. I, I don't know. And there's a lot of that with uh, the geography <laughs> of anyone. Like, I'm not saying all geography courses are like this, but anyone I know who studied geography, this is the sort of stuff they came out with. Like, things Fair that enough. just didn't make a lot of sense. And it, it just seemed completely <laughs> irrelevant. And and it's one of those things that, any, again, anyone I know fell into it because they didn't know what else to do and they were good at it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So, Fair point. I'm sitting here rolling my eyes going, okay. <laughs> not that I knew what I wanted to do, but... Um, 
but I knew it wasn't geography. <laughs> I'm, I was in a similar position, I'll say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to take from this, but uh, okay. Eaton, geography. Yes, military eat, school. Oh, dude, this is a bad combination. I, I know military academy. I mean, it's not that weird when talking royals in general. Yeah, no, I um, know that. But I'm also like, I bet their military academy is a bit different from like the average person's military experience. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have any insight there. It must be. It, it can't be the same. All the stories mm. I've heard from people in the military have been just like carnage really yeah well okay i probably helped a bit with that but no no you anyway. i don't even know any stories from you like um so there's wow i've managed to get through all this time and i'll tell you a single yeah. fucking military story that's amazing i i want this on record this is brilliant i i mean Thank i you. can pick your brain afterwards but like um <laughs> i've heard so many military stories over the year and most of them aren't clean but one of the, the clean ones was um, about essentially pulling a fire hose in the middle of the night on an entire platoon full of people mm. just because you're all completely bored and like, why not? I'm up at two or three in the morning and uh, I've been off base drinking even though I have shouldn't have been. So it just soaks everyone. I can see that happening. I can't imagine this dude like, well, maybe the one holding the fire hose, <laughs> but definitely not the one in bed getting spritzed. Mm. You but, never know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, oh, are yeah, you running I, I, a list I, of all the stories you need to tell me? No, no, no. I right now was actually trying to make sure that I think I've heard way worse, like carnagey things from you know fifth hand uh, eaten stories, but stuff. Yeah, but that's that's a whole like public school boys are like mm. they're the worst. Like <laughs> I lived with one for a while, and oh, no. no, I've lived with several. Uh, so one, and to be fair to him, he was from an old money family, but went to a new money school. So it could have been a lot worse, oh. but he was kind of slumming it in a student house, proving to, to his parents that like, oh, I can, I can live with the common folk. And actually, <laughs> you know, it was, it still wasn't that bad a place. And well, I mean, he did all right. We had a laundromat right across the road um sorry a dry cleaner is right across the road and whenever all of his clothes ran out he would bring all of them including his bed sheets because that's how he knew when to have his bed sheets cleaned when he ran out of all clothes yes exactly um so we would bring them all across the road to the dry cleaner place and they would just you know literally everything everything so there'd be a day that he's walking around in jean shorts and no underwear and no t-shirt on and like weird flip-flops that's laundry day and yeah so i don't know when those jean shorts ever got um washed i never thought about it until now that's so gross that is so gross um but so he would be like this for a day and then the bags would come back from the dry cleaner place and they were like yellow plastic sort of bin bag things hmm. and um and the sheets would go back in the bed and everything else would stay folded and ironed in the bags and he'd just take them all out until they were all done again and then repeat the cycle <laughs> and his mother would come over so every so often and tell so it was three girls and two guys in the house and um, his mother would come over and tell me and the other two girls, like, you know, you need to make sure he washes his sheets every couple of weeks. And you need to do this. And you know, it's like, mm-hmm, yes, Mrs. Da-da-da. We'll definitely do that, Mrs. Da-da-da. It's like, yeah, we're not his mother. Um, <laughs> but 
No, he decided it would be fun to take a circular saw to an oil drum with petrol fumes in it. And you can imagine how that went. Mm. Um, so <laughs> four fire engines and a couple of police cars <laughs> later, and this is in Belfast, so everyone thinks it's a bomb that's gone off. Um, <laughs> like people were freaking out. Um, all the windows in our house or at the back of the house were blown in. Um, he was very, very lucky. He only needed something like 70 stitches in his face and he had a shattered bone in his hand and whatever else. Hmm. Um, I have some pictures. They're, they're interesting. Have I really not told you this? Before? No, you have not. Oh, I have some really good pictures. <laughs> um, yeah. And he, the, the thing went up in the air and took tiles off the roof, destroyed the guttering. Like the amount of damage it caused was unbelievable. And it was a bank holiday weekend in May. <laughs> Um, so we had to survive like a long weekend with no windows in, mm. I mean, it wasn't a terrible area, it was, but it was a pretty bad area mm. and everyone knew that we were the house that got the windows blown in. Um, so like one of us had to stay up all night each night, keeping guard before the landlord could be informed oh. on Monday morning when the, or Tuesday morning, I guess, when the <laughs> office reopened, um, and people came around and we had the bill. And I mean, we weren't dealing with it. He was going to have to deal with it. And they said, if you pay within two weeks or something, then uh, we'll give you a discount. So he had to call his parents. <laughs> <laughs> and after all the spiel of I can do it on my own, it was, yeah, I, I think I, I remember hearing the conversation. It was along the lines of, don't worry, no one's hurt. Um, I, I just, there's been some damage to the house and I'm responsible. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, his mummy and daddy wrote a check and it was all oh. good but and he had to <laughs> have only liquid food for about three weeks um so be because his Wait, where did he oh oh right his Those face was so badly oh, like it was right, all right. around his lips and it was totally <laughs> cool he's totally Sorry, fine i actually managed to forget about the actual injury and i really saw serious. that as a consequence of like him being punished for messing no. up and having a no no and he was only allowed liquid food we we literally so we had a cutlery drawer it had you know knives forks spoons straws it was like that for a month <laughs> it was really bad um but he uh yeah i mean he wasn't like he showed up from the hospital at two three in the morning and like mm. just looked like I'm so sorry. And he had the pure guilt face and we're like, we're just worried about you. It's fine. This is going to be a really great story. Um, and yes, it turned out to be. Yeah. I was actually in high school at the time. I was, I was 18 and, um, and doing my end of uh, high school exams. Hmm. And I, I had to call my school and say, hey, I'm not going to be in today because my flatmate blew up uh, our, our house. house. And I was already the only kid that wasn't living at their parents' place. So it was like, already sort of a big deal and all my flatmates are in their 20s at uni and um and I called them up and I, I and they really thought I was taking the piss and of I'm course. like no seriously I can send you the news article <laughs> and it, like, it was just what happened oh, but, gorgeous yeah. so no I point is public school boys are the worst <laughs> fair enough fair enough oh <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to you know adapt the public school image on that but yes i'll sorry i'll get private school boy oh, it just doesn't sound right no i mean if that's <laughs> what being said then that's what being said yeah but um, i mean that's that's the british way yeah 
Mm. It, the American way is the exact opposite, <laughs> quite logically. Mm. Mm. Tell us how this goes. Sorry, oh, I'm yes, stop we interrupting. Were, we were talking about a crime. Yeah, we were. Um, yeah, so, yeah, see, Eden studied geography, all these things. There are... I'm going to read off a lot of possibly conflicting statements. Am I going to enjoy it? Well, we'll see. I think I will. Hopefully. This sounds like something that's right up my alley. (laughs) So, some sources say that uh, uh, the Bindra had a history of fear and anger. Um, He had been apparently reprimanded several times due to repeated drunkenness and rowdiness at Eton. Okay. Um, Which which sounds like par for the course, like it's pretty standard. Kind of, but also if you're reprimanded for it, it might be, you know, that raises the bar a bit from what my, you know, preconceived notions are at least. So there were reports of, there were fights and uh, violent quarrels, that's yeah. quoted. Violent quarrels, that's oh. so old school. It was a quote I found and I could not not include it. No, I like um, it. Good choice. And supposedly he had a history of alcohol and drug abuse. Also in particular, it connected these, this image of him uh, was his mother, the queen, uh, who apparently did not approve of him and some sources say that he spent most of his childhood in fear of her but But. a lot of other sources also describe him like mention how he was viewed as like the carefree and happy prince he was like very often like smiling he was very progressive and modern uh, compared to what they what they'd gone through uh, in uh, Nepal, especially with the royals. Uh-huh. And uh, no, no, he was like modern, looking towards more of a well, modern and democratic outlook in general. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of conflicting reports on this, and we'll get worse conflicting reports okay. when we go into. What happened during the 1st of June, 2001. I forgot this was crime, not history. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So 2001, it's still, you know, a hefty way people will soon... Now, okay, it's uh, one year. I it, The crime is almost drinking age over here, but not quite. In the, I'm sorry, Narayaniti Royal Palace... Nayaniti? I, I don't I know. would say Nayaniti. I can't see it written down. No. <laughs> there are a couple of letters missing. Oh, I can think. I see? Can I see? Can I see? Or is it? Is it going to ruin it? It's the bolded line there. Oh, Narayan... Narayaniti. Oh. Narayaniti. Oh, I, I no, 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 don't ignore me. Whoa. You, you, <laughs> you do you, like... Those were good words before I started going, can I have a look? (laughs) (laughs) This, the 1st of June, Mm -hmm. um, there was a dinner party with the royal family. Okay. Uh, This was kind of a regular thing. There were some conflicting accounts that I read, but in general, recurring like family thing, but royals and, you know, the palace, so people, stuff. Yeah. According to the reports and... These that I'm uh, recounting now is mostly, let's say, the official eyewitness report from the palace, let's say. Okay. That means it happened in the palace or around the palace? Oh, yeah, in the palace. 
So this is all connected to the no, uh, just, dinner party. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just I had a dinner party in mine on Monday, and I mean it didn't happen there. <laughs> this is building up. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm excited. Um, Why am I excited? Stop saying you're excited. I'm not sure if I should stop on the blow or or just prepare you. No, no, just keep with, going. Okay, okay. So, according to these reports, mm-hmm. the event was kicking off uh, all the guests hadn't arrived but you know people are trickling in and getting in so people are spread around the rooms they have you know they have the dining room they have like a lounge thing with the pool table and all that stuff at the start the pender was uh, you know he was seen drinking but didn't seem to be excessively okay but around eight in the evening he calls an aide and asks to be brought cigarettes and this is a quote, a special kind of cigarette prepared with a mixture of hashish and another unnamed black substance, as per order. What, what is the unnamed black sus- substance? Cause, no clue. It's okay, unnamed. Okay, because I'm like, apparently I don't know drugs because I, w- what is the stuff you're putting in your joint, sir? I do not know. I do not know. And it was um, unnamed. And yet again, there are doubts to this entire Could uh, it have been opium? Line, because um, oh, we're, we're doing full circles the first episode Count of Monte Cristo oh, yeah. in the Count of Monte Cristo the book Edmond Dantes or the Count used to carry little spherical tablets um, in a box on his person and they were a mixture he described as hashish and yeah. opium and he didn't oh. sleep but he would take a couple of these and, and he would sleep for a specific amount of time I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Can you smoke? Yeah, you must be able to smoke opium because of opium dens and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Opium pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I wonder. Hmm. But yeah, so this is, according to witness statements, the order of the cigarette black substance. Booyah. Soon after this, um, the penner is stated to start behaving like he's like ridiculously drunk mm-hmm. um, he starts swaying and slurring and just going about just looking very very intoxicated well magic pills do that don't they mm, it's possible and special oh, cigarettes magic joint. Yeah. yeah true true um, it was a Jeffrey <laughs> a Jeffrey oh there's a song I'll, I'll share it with you oh, later please do please do <laughs> but the, the next thing we know mm-hmm. is that before nine, he called his fiancée, Dviani mm-hmm. uh, Rana. Sorry. Very nice. Um, and he told her it was a really short call, but he told her that he was going to go to sleep and that they would talk tomorrow. I, I mean, I guess that's what you do when you're drunk. You call people and go, hi, hi, it's so great to speak to you. I'm going to call you tomorrow. Pretty much, yeah. But, but, but whenever you're reading it, I'm just like, why? Why would you call them to say, hi, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow <laughs> night night? I would appreciate it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm antisocial. Hello. But uh, also, side note, regarding his fiance, there was... A lot of friction there as well because his family did not quite approve of him uh, marrying her. Okay. Uh, and they had, I think it was mostly the mother leading this anti-charge. So they had threatened to basically disown him and, uh, you know, remove his claim if uh, he went through with the marriage. Mm. Um, 
as far as I understand, the clear sources are partially a uh, cast and family thing. Mm-hmm. I heard one source, which I'm not sure how much I can trust it, but it did mention that apparently like going back way, way, way back in history yeah. uh, with the lineages that there were like different families or tribes that had been like very much rivals between the queen's family and her family. Oh, I love rivalry stories. Uh, but that I couldn't find a second confirmation of, so take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Uh, but no, family didn't approve. But he made the phone call. He told her that. The next thing we know about, he he was in his room. He got undressed and changed into his army fatigues. Yeah. Like full on camouflage and everything. What? And he comes out of his bedchamber with uh, weapons. Whoa. A lot of weapons. I mean, I we're thought he was a, playing dress up, but. We're talking a bag full, like a duffel bag full of weapons. What? This is. What? Mm hmm. You picked a really, oh, oh, you were sure you were worse. This isn't going to, this, okay. No. Oh, dear. No, and yes, yes. Okay. Uh, so with this new getup, he walked back to the main party. Mm-hmm. He oh, pulled no. out a combat shotgun and he fired on his father, mm-hmm. uh, King Birindra. After the first shot, he... Shot a few times up in the ceiling. What are the party guests doing at this point? I assume they're not going. Oh, is there any more of those nice uh, shrimp volivants? Because um, I, I haven't seen them out. I would assume that they would have just freaked out, but um, according to the official statement mm-hmm. and witness statement, they uh, rushed to the king's aid. Good for them. Try to help him. Uh, as they did that, after he had shot to the ceiling a bit, yeah. uh, the Pendra walked out of the room, uh, back to outside where he had his bag full of weapons, uh-huh. and he pulled out an assault rifle, Ugh. walked back in, and was heading to shoot his father again. Why? Okay, fine. Sorry. If we. That, that was a pretty, like, yes. yeah, 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 why anything hand gesture? <laughs> <laughs> you no, did no, yeah. that all by just opening your palm. Very nice job. It was very expressive. Well, they are big and expressive. You're hands. as expressive as a raccoon is with, with a hand. It's very, very good. I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. It was Thank meant you. as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, he got the assault rifle, went in. And very clearly aimed to shoot his father again. Okay. At this point, his uncle uh, tries to talk him down and like get a stop on this. Uh, but Benra shot him in the chest. Mm-hmm. And after this, everything went crazy. So he... Uh, it's not crazy enough. <sighs> it does get worse. So after the, he just started shooting wildly uh, at... Everyone, basically. Yeah. Uh, like putting several rounds into most of his family members and their spouses, whomever was there, basically. Yeah. And so went from very focused towards the father to like, no, no, shooting anyone with a pulse, basically. Whoa. According to the statements, it was very methodical, but still chaotic. But like he shot all the people, shot all of his relatives, 
kind of like shot them, paused to see if they were like moving, then either shooting them more or going on to the next person. That's awful. Uh, it's like minor trying to confirm that they were dead. That's uh, so... Yeah. This is kind of an abridged, slightly less gory version as well. Thank you for that. Um, Ooh. The very last one he shot was his mother, who had kind of followed him during the latter bit of this, trying to talk him down. Uh, I mean, but, to be fair, good for her. Like, yeah. I don't think, like, I mean, you, well, you don't know. Mm. I you, you don't know how you'd respond, but like, whew. yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, she was following him, trying to talk him down. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, he turned around, he turned his weapon on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tried to run away, but he shot her down. Wow. Then finally, he walked up to a, they had like a small bridge crossing a stream in the palace garden. Yeah. And he shot himself in the head. Wow. However. What? He didn't die. No. But ended up in a coma. No. And a lot of sources are a bit iffy. Like the majority I've checked, I think he spent almost, it was less than three days in a Mm -hmm. coma before he actually finally died. Uh, But during this period when Mm -hmm. he was in a coma. Yeah. Since the rest of the direct line of succession was killed. Yeah. He was uh, anointed and crowned king. No. Uh, no. Oh, no. In How coma. is that okay? Uh, and so he was king for somewhere between one and slightly less than three days. Um, yeah. That is the weirdest thing. But what? then he died. And you remember as well, I did say penultimate king. Um, But we'll get to that. So a lot of people have questioned the witness statements here and the supposed sequence of events. Yeah. Uh, And there's been a lot of conspiracy theories. Understandably. Uh, I've also, for this crime, I was mostly reading articles and uh, trying to check written sources. Okay. But at one point when I was looking for uh, pronunciation help, Mm-hmm. which I couldn't do before we started recording, unfortunately. So I forgot about that because I started seeing more things. And on some news, like reporting from this, uh, this basically started a lot of uh, basically riots as well. And there were a lot of aggressive opposition back and forth when this happened. Because yeah. like some people were fully on board with the story. Some people said, no, no, there's no way this guy could have done all of this. And, like, helping all the conspiracy theories, there are a lot of, let's say, strange factors here. Okay. First off, there was basically, like, no security and very few aides in the palace when this happened. Yeah. One, this can be debatable, but it's still held up by a lot of people. Um, the Pindra was right-handed. Yes. But he was shot in his left temple. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to work that out. That, that's, but the it, thing is. It's not impossible I, that no, you no, no, no. just have the gun. But the but thing still. is, why would you do it like that? Mm-hmm. You just wouldn't. Kind of. Um, third point, uh, Prince Gyanendra. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Gyanendra's uncle. 
and the final successor to the throne, mm-hmm. he was not at the party. Also, Ganendra's mm-hmm. son was at the party. Yeah. But he was basically the only one in the core family that managed to escape. Okay. And to top it all off, it was like a ridiculously short investigation to all this. Uh, I think everything was shut down after two weeks with like barely any forensic evidence at all. Oh dear. So, yeah. This was apparently very... (laughs) What do you think happened? I don't know. Like the 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 left temple right handed thing is enough that makes me go uh uh-uh. uh. It's not a thing, but I mean it, it's not it's, impossible, no, especially it's if not you're impossible. in the influence and you have the gun in that hand already. No, it's not impossible. No, but, but why would it's you? In conjunction with all these other things, and like the thing that mm-hmm. stands out most to me is how all of uh, all of what I've told you on the sequence of events here yeah. that was the like the very first reported things and that was very much based on witness statements from the palace who was left alive though yeah i mean basically none of the core family or the core succession yeah apart from the later king's son but I mean, there was staff and aides and stuff like that. Even though some were, uh, some were injured as well. I think yeah. mostly they were the ones who got out alive. And yeah, I I realized as I dug deeper that all of the um, initial report it sounded very uh, towards painting this prince in a certain light. Yeah. Um, but you never know because it could just be that he had this outward persona that people really latched onto that wasn't at all what he was about and he kind of freaked here like I think the main theory on no no he he freaked out and he went on a murder spree was basically the disapproval of the family the fact that they did not accept his uh, betrothal betrothed his betrothal I mean betrothal is that Okay. That's a word, right? No, it's a word. I'm just, I, I, I dare not question your, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds very, it, it just sounds like funny. there's a lack of agency from the field involved. Yeah. Word for word, what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> no, really uh, not. But it's, yeah, it's, it's what I mean with those eyebrow movements. I, I read them. It's thank fine. you. I'm glad you uh, can translate <laughs> an eyebrow to real English. I do my best. Um, uh, no, but did not approve of the prospect of him marrying his current fiance. Yeah. And um, yeah, like that's sure that is a point. It feels like from all the reports that the queen was the one who had the most against that. So going for the father instead, I'm not sure where that went. But yeah, I I definitely consider this a mystery from when I dug more into this. Um, I, I can't tell you the title as well. I was considering if I was going to start with it since uh, to like set the tone since I knew it was birth. But uh, you'll probably not be surprised to know that this is referred to as the Nepalese Royal Massacre. Ooh. Um, well, that, I mean, yeah. That's so brutal. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is also, like, just looking at the events, like, fine, he had, um, there does not appear to be any weapons, uh, 
any doubts regarding neither his training or access to weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. But just so many people killed and him being described as like, no, no, he had his gun and he just walked around and shot people, checked they were dead and shot them. I just feel that at some point people would panic and either straight out flee or try to fight him back or so. But no, the the reports just describe him having basically, no, this is a static shooting gallery and I'm going through it, which does not sound too credible to me either. Yeah, it it just doesn't add up. No. But also, yeah, why why would you cover it up? I mean, I guess if the entire bloodline is almost mm. gone, then... Apart from the last king. Yeah. Mm. Which is, you know, slightly sneaky, but... Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. It was bad, but that I, was my crime. Th- it was a really interesting one. I've never heard of it. Mm. And yeah, could... Yeah, good choice. We can get a little intermission with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll need a top up after this, I think. Okay. Let's top up our drinks and then less gruesome, more royal, royal criminalities. Mine's not royal. Mine's blue blood. Oh, blue blood works. Yeah. Let's go with that. I want to hear about your crime okay tell me please so i'm going to ask you have you heard of the duchess de uh, choiseul presla i have not i've heard the second name because we were looking at pronunciation but no i do not know who this is or what this is about okay cool well it all begins with the wedding um mm. on the 18th of october 1825 17 year old uh francois or franny Alteris Rosalba Sebastiani married 19-year-old Charles de Choiseul. My my French is so rusty, I'm just losing it. You're compensating with a lovely glass of champagne in your hand. Yeah, we, yeah. We've had a bit too many. Um, <laughs> had a few too many. Oh, dear. Um, so she was a French duchess and an heiress. Mm. Um, she came from a very wealthy family and um, and he had a title. Um, and, you know, it's 1825, so maybe you don't need much more than that. Um, they had 10 kids, um, but... Okay. We're, we're launching right into it. Yeah. Yep. Didn't take long. Um, <laughs> they had 10 kids, but they also had a lot of miscarriages in the meantime. And oh. Francoise's um, mother, she had actually died giving birth to her. So mm. whether it was, you know something uh, hereditary or whether it was something else we don't know but yeah it's it's it was pretty bad I'm, I'm sorry do we have a time span for this um for the kids well, well like you just launched into 10 kids and then also a lot of miscarriages which is horrible but... um about 15 years so oh, they were um, 10 kids within 15 years so like yeah it was it was pretty busy hmm. um the light was on the 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 I don't know. Furnace was happening. Oh. The sock was um, on the door. <laughs> the sock was on the door. I'm more thinking like a factory conveyor belt. And oh no! Oh no! I, I can't help it. It's just. I mean, ten kids. I'm sorry. That that's efficiency. Like you're. Oh, not saying pumping it out, but yeah. Anyway, um, like 
like many uh, people of the time, they kept a governess. Um, mm. And by 1841, so this is 26 years? No, 16 years. Um, yeah, so don't, like... Don't trust me for numbers. Um, <laughs> so 16 years after their marriage, um, they, they'd hired someone called Henriette uh, de Lucy. Unfortunately... <laughs> It was widely reported that Henrietta was having an affair with Charles. And as you can imagine, it didn't go down very well with his wife, Francois. Um, Francois. And um, by June 1947, so six-ish years later, Francois had demanded that Charles fire Henriette. Um, he refused, though. So Francois threatened divorce. And because of her family's wealth, it would have had a really significant effect on Charles's financial situation situation mm. but it also would have caused serious problems for their daughters sons didn't matter so much but for their daughters um if they'd have lost wealth mm-hmm. and had divorced parents in the 1800s mm. then they lose station and it it makes it very difficult to find a good match for their daughters in marriage oh and this is all uh, i was trying to think of it possibly a bit more modern but i realized that the daughters would have presumably Stuck with the um, uh, patrilineal side, well, and thus being out of cash. It, well, it it's not so much about the cash, but whenever you think about having ten daughters and you mm. need to, or, sorry, ten kids, and you need a diary and mm. to set up the sons, it's like splitting any fortune ten ways is going to be a problem, yeah. and also have the parents stay afloat. That's true. But having a divorce back then, it's already pretty bad. Mm. So you'd think this would be enough of an incentive for uh, for Charles to fire Henriette. But in the end, um, it seems like Francoise actually did it herself. Hmm. So whenever Henriette uh, was fired, she moved into a lodging house run by uh, Madame Renaud. Henrietta felt like she was entitled to a letter of recommendation. So she, you know, went back and, and said... <laughs> come on I've, I've been with you for six years can you write one um but <laughs> but i mean you're dude. banging my husband yeah it was never confirmed she denied that it happened she said look i i mm. i she she really did go to francoise and 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 beg her almost for a letter of recommendation because she didn't think she'd get a future um position as a governess oh, without it okay. um sorry i thought it was more clear-cut than that well first, i mean but. maybe it was like all reports are seem to be pretty clear that it was mm. definitely a thing but we don't know like we really yeah, don't know yeah. um and francoise was pretty convinced that um henrietta was having an affair with her husband um and saw it as an opportunity to um you know i guess get a little bit of revenge so she refused to write the letter of recommendation and sure enough henrietta couldn't get a new position Hmm. and henrietta was really unhappy because she was insisting she spent six years of her life raising their kids and like 10 kids whoa that's a big job and um by all accounts she seemed to do a pretty good job at it but no, she she couldn't find another post or so it seemed. And that was it until the summer of 1847. Oh. Um, so by this stage, it's a couple months after the firing. It's the 17th of August. So Charles and Francoise are um, living separately, but within the same house. So it's, um, I'll show you a picture. This is the house. It is Ooh. in the middle of Paris. It's um, in... That's a fancy estate. 
Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's in the eighth um, arrondissement in Paris, and it's yeah, like it. It's like a mini palace. It's it's mm. it's really beautiful, and uh, it still stands today. Mm. But they they had totally separate um, apartments within the home, so they they essentially lived separately, but shared a front door and shared their kids. Mm-hmm. So on the evening of the 17th of August, they had each been out with friends and um, and done their own thing. And then they returned home. Um, and it was late when the kids had gone to bed and even later whenever they went to bed themselves. Um, now, the Duke and the Duchess's apartments were on the ground floor and they were divided by an antechamber that opened out onto a flight of stairs. So if you see in that, mm-hmm. it's not like... The, oh, the ground floor okay. and the first floor. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a duplex situation with the bedroom and then living quarters uh, upstairs, and then the the space in the roof with the windows is mm. where the servants sleep and live. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's much like Amsterdam. Any of the top floor apartments were usually either storage or it's where the the um, the servants would have lived. Yeah, I'm thinking back to the attic of my first apartment here, and that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so basically they they were connected by this antechamber and their bedrooms led out into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they didn't have much interaction. Um, it was it was pretty quiet in the house until about four or five in the morning when the Duchess rang her bell um, signaling that she required assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't entirely unusual. I mean, it's a little bit strange, but it's not, you know, it's not shockingly strange. Duchess have needs, these things will happen. Yeah. So her um, femme de chambre, her maid, mm-hmm. um, Madame Leclerc, heard the bell, she rose, she she went to, to see what was going on, but whenever she arrived, the door was locked and she couldn't enter. She was considering going back to bed, so she said, um, but then she heard groans and she tried to open the door again um, and decided the best thing to do was to, to try to get some help. Hmm. Um, by the time she'd gone off, got some other servants and came back, there were, there were definite cries at this point and there was commotion inside the room. Um, and they, they tried to get through the door, but there was no way they were getting in. Hmm. Two other servants tried to en- enter the Duchess's room another way. Um, another one ended up in the back garden and they could see in through the bedroom window to, to see something was happening in her bedroom. Hmm. Um, they could also make out a figure who looked similar to the Duke, but again, it's dark, it's difficult to tell. Yeah. So... They end up, uh, as two of the servants are trying to get in another way, the bedroom door turns out to be open suddenly. So they return to the original bit. Well, they did, didn't have someone like posted at the door. No. Whoa. Yeah. So it seems like one of them went into the garden. Two of them went around the other side. And by the time those two came back to the bedroom door, it was um, it was unlocked. Procedure, people. You need to cover the exits. Oh, sorry. It was more than I looked. It was open. Um, and yeah, you do. Um, and they smelt gunpowder. Um, at this oh. point, they're all so freaked out in the dark in the early, well, late, early hours of the morning. They're all mm-hmm. freaked out and no one wants to go in. So they end up trying to get more help because, you know, too many cooks apparently isn't a thing with servants trying to take care of the masters. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I, I can imagine that a lot of them were feeling slightly out of the, uh, 
their element. Yeah, for sure. But it's kind of interesting after your story with um, everyone being <laughs> brave as anything. Well, yes, according to reports. Yeah, we'll see. Well, this is according to mostly the servants themselves. Hmm. They end up uh, trying to find the Duke and um, the Duke removes the latch from his door. Um, they hadn't gone to try to seek him during the whole commotion. Hmm. They've been too focused on her, but they, they're knocking on his door and he unlatches his door and and opens it and the servants it it's it's quoted as uh they discovered quote a frightful sight he was covered in blood the duchess was lying in a pool of her own blood um whenever they're in her room at the same time this is all so imagine this is all there in the antechamber there's like mm. one's running into her room he's like in his room he's covered in blood she's lying on the floor and there's blood all over the place and the the blood on the floor by her has started to coagulate it's like it's it's a total mess like oh, there's I'm a sure massive a logical brutal explanation struggle. for all of this they look a little bit closer and they see there's a trail of blood between the Duke's room and her room. Wait, this was supposed to be a mystery, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems pretty clear cut right now, but it yeah. gets kind of interesting. But yeah, she had some really deep wounds from her throat um, mm. and her uh, her bedroom was, you know, a total mess, not just with the obvious but also it seemed to have been trashed a little bit like it it kind of looks like maybe a robbery so this is a direct quote from one of the servants after they were interviewed by police um a little table had been overthrown porcelains and some objects of art were spread about the drapery on the wall bore the traces of a bloody hand as did the rope of the bell which was used to call the maid and finally between the clasped fingers of the duchess's left hand there was some of the murderer's hair, whilst a more considerable quantity of the hair pulled out in the struggle was scattered here and there on the floor. Um, and there was coagulated blood on that hair. So it seemed like she'd ripped out a fair bit of the hair um, of the attacker. There was also a work table that had over been overturned behind a sofa. Um, and at this point, the Duchess's head was resting on that sofa. Um, and the sofa was totally covered in blood. Um, all of her night clothes were, were covered in blood, the carpet, the furniture, just blood everywhere. And the Duke at this point is looking at it all going, ah, poor woman, poor woman, which is the monster who has assassinated her? And the, the servants ran off to try to get assistance. Um, the, the Duchess wasn't actually dead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're pulling a face, but... Yeah, I, I was mostly pulling the face at the quote because it's a bit. If yeah. it's your spouse and you're saying that, that's basically you know. Doesn't sound great. Either you're in in a play or you're guilty ass. I don't know what. There's, yeah. Um, I actually have a photo of the floor plan of all this stuff that's um upturned and covered in blood and everything. V very um. Vivid bloodstains, yes. Yeah. Huh. It's weird, right? We're going to have to post this because this is weird. Yeah. I, I like it, but it's weird. And we do know that both of us appreciate a good floor plan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. But, I mean, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Um, mm. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's not connected either, which is weird to me. No. Mm. Mm. So... 
the the servants were understandably not getting any calmer and <laughs> ran off to to fetch a doctor um whenever it it seems like multiple um doctors and surgeons arrived um they realized there there was really nothing they could do and uh the duchess not long after uh, died it was about 2 hours later um meanwhile the procureur du roi uh so the prefect of police if mm-hmm. you know as well as uh, a lot of um the most um well spoken of police officers had arrived um like it it was the ones who are who they had the ranked best. by eloquence or? well they're right uh sorry the well spoken of as in <laughs> oh well spoken of not i didn't well spoken no one cares about their um, i i did not hear the of there which made a lot of difference <laughs> no it's 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 really the ones that had a good reputation because hey we've got i, I, I get that yeah, yeah okay. as long as we have the of but it's I'm late sorry. i'm tired it's king's day like I'm let sorry. me let me chill <laughs> let's just do corrections corner next week <laughs> so um all of the 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 police officers arrive the surgeons arrive no one really can do very much but um all of these police officers sort of swoop in and take a bunch of notes and um and clearly start doing a floor plan. And uh, I guess they get out their watercolours because those bloodstains in that floor plan are crazy. Mm. Anyway, they interviewed everyone in the house and everyone who entered it afterwards and actually took everyone into custody who wasn't of blue blood um, mm. because they follow a different process. Yeah, of course. Um, they also s- searched the grounds and they tried to determine if there had been a robbery committed or attempted. Um, but the garden was described as being examined with the most minute care. Um, but no, they, they determined that no one had uh, either entered or left and they didn't find any traces of someone breaking in or out. Um and as a result of all of that, they decided that it was definitely the Duchess's own husband, um, the the Duke Choiseul Prasla, hmm. um, which, I mean, it sounds kind of obvious, and the hair as well, you think matches. Um, it it was similar, but I mean, it's before DNA testing, mm. so mm. who knows? And and there's quite a prompt and detailed investigation that follows, um, but. We're only going to go about another week beyond this in terms of the story. Okay. The police end up uh, looking at the writings of um, Francoise and they discover she is crazy about her husband despite the affair. She really loves him. Oh. And um, and yeah, it's it's kind of beautiful. Um hmm. They, they did have a volatile relationship. They're aware of violent confrontations. Um, even the household staff had also um, said it. So, you know, everything kind of lined up in that sense. And aside from the hair um, and the bloody trail, there were some objects that were found within uh, the Duchess's room that um, belonged to the Duke. So they had a pistol um, that was loaded. They also found the butt of the gun was embedded with and it's a direct quote, fragments of flesh um, mm. and on the face and skull of the victim, there was found trace of blows which retained the marks um, of the filigree um, within oh, the weapon. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not giving you the gory, gory, gory details, but you can imagine the whole scene was pretty brutal. Yep. Um, they also found within the Duke's room uh, a fresh bloodstained dagger 
well, sorry, they found the handle of a fresh bloodstained dagger, um, but the blade was was gone and it was never found. Huh. Which is interesting when everyone in the house was either placed under house arrest or removed. Mm-hmm. And they found no traces of a struggle within the garden or anywhere else. Um, they also found in the Duke's fireplace a handkerchief and papers, um, as well as several ple- pieces of bloody cord, which were in the pocket of the Duke's dressing gown. Hmm. But the Duke was a pretty big guy. And the Duchess, one of the reasons that she was so upset about the alleged affair mm. is because after all the kids, she was described as... Um, as being less mobile, she was overweight, mm. and um, yeah, she was jealous. Like she got married whenever she was seventeen, and she was young, and she was beautiful, and mm. she was slender. And there are a lot of accounts that say she was no longer this, and you know, she she wasn't even forty yet. And yeah, and she was sad, and it's I don't know. I just find it super sad. But mm. on the other hand, she also shouldn't have been that difficult to overpower. Mm. There were a few other bits and pieces um, that were incriminating. The Duke had some scratches and bites, but there were no comments on how old those were. Um, and, of course, the servant who was in the garden, who had said they thought they saw the Duke in her room around the time of the murder. Now, they didn't see anything beyond the Duke in her room or someone who was looking like the Duke. And it's dark. Yeah. All it needs to be is the right silhouette. Hmm. According to the servant, during the commotion, he ran around the gardens at the back of the house, hoping to enter her room from the back window. And he, all he said was he perceived a man of the same height and appearance as the Duke, um, who, hearing the noise of his footsteps, withdrew suddenly into the interior of the bedrooms, abruptly quitting one of the windows, which had just been opened, in order without doubt to make it believe that the window, um, that it was by that window that the murderer had obtained entrance. So... Mm. Mm. So with all of that evidence, um, the police were really interrogating him at the home with great interest. The Duke basically claimed he was woken up by a commotion. He jumped out of bed, tried to go towards his wife's chambers, heard a cry, wasn't sure what was happening, and uh, went back to his room with a loaded gun and uh, with that gun entered his wife's room. Bear in mind, this is the gun that had all the flesh and stuff embedded in it, so it's sort of not really adding up. With the pistol in hand, he entered his wife's dressing room and called her by name, but there was no answer. Um, He said he left the dressing room, lit a candle, and then went into the bedroom, and he claimed he unsuccessfully attempted to defend his wife from some unknown person. Um, Mm. The fight was what created the noise and the commotion, and it was shortly after that that he said he found his uh, wife injured and he threw himself in the body of her and embraced her and that's where all the blood came from of course yeah and he said as he was fighting off the attacker the servants had appeared at her door and he heard the cries of the servants um to open the door but he didn't open it um because i guess he was dealing with the assailant by the time the the servants were entering the duke had left to wash up um (laughs) Yeah, he was covered in the blood from embracing his wife and he claimed that he was washing up to try to remove blood from his clothes so he wouldn't upset their kids. Also, the the um, the maid had reported that whenever the, um, the Duchess was pronounced dead, the Duke was totally distraught and was was really dramatic about the whole thing. So um, he he was tearing at his hair 
which is kind of an interesting one. Um, and he appeared desperate, saying, "Poor children, who will um, who will apprise apprise them of this? Um, they no longer have a mother, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of points. First off, this is minor. This might just be the no. general narrative, but he said that the commotion woke him up. Yeah, and he went in to check. And, and then he said he was the commotion. He created the commotion by finding that, yeah. That's exactly uh, how the police felt about all this, by the way. And he fought off an assailant. Mm-hmm. He embraced his wife, got all bloody, mm-hmm. went back to wash up, mm-hmm. which is okay. And then the servants came, and then he had that wonderfully surprised, dramatic, very natural response, like... Oh no, she's dead. But he, she wasn't dead at that point. She wasn't dead no. until two hours later. So he had the oh no bit. But then it was no, she's still alive. So he was just sad because she'd been attacked. And it was a couple of hours later after she died that he did the whole big extended bit, tearing at his hair. Oh, I always drop something on mic. <laughs> That's an important tradition. Clearly. Anyway, was there a further question to that? Uh, those were the main ones. There Pure are a lot skepticism. of questions in general, but okay. Uh, I'll <laughs> settle for those. Okay, so at this point, the police were pretty certain it was him. Um, it wasn't looking great. Uh, his answers were just dodgy as anything, as mm-hmm. you have just pointed out. <laughs> and they, I mean, to them, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And if what you're saying doesn't make any sense, then we've got to assume you're guilty. But because of his station, he they, they couldn't arrest him. Um, they had to... Let me find it. Yeah, he actually... He couldn't be arrested or tried or sentenced in, in any kind of traditional way. He had to be held under house arrest while they um, waited to, to call in peers who were of royal ordinance or um, of nobility um, so they could put together what, what was known as a trial of peers mm. and until that, until they made a decision on the next course of action, they weren't even allowed to arrest him. So mm. he was he was just put under house arrest. It did seem like he had arsenic, arsenic poisoning at that point and oh. yeah so they end up taking him into custody and he's sick for about six days and then dies Hmm. and they decide there's essentially um nothing they can do um so they annul the trial because they have no defendant now he never confessed to a murder and the police are pretty much convinced he did it um however there are quite a few things that didn't really add up so first of all the the arsenic thing um, he had three vials which were, were in his room. One was filled with nitric acid. One was filled with white powder, which um, we think ended up being arsenic. We're not mm. sure. And the third was something called, um, I'm probably saying this wrong, uh, laudanum. And it's oh, laudanum. Laudanum? You know mm. what this is? It's got I opium in it. I can't give you a proper chemical it's, breakdown, but yeah, I know of it, yes. It's, it's 10% opium. Mm. Um yeah, it's 10% opium. I did look it up. But yeah, so the the first um the first poisoning doctors were able to um administer a strong emetic. Do you know what that is? Not off the top. I have no idea. Um apparently they 
administered a strong emetic uh, to counteract the arsenic and he seemed okay like he wasn't great but he seemed okay but yeah it was um a week later to the day um he died at five o'clock in the evening and it seemed like a slow poisoning by arsenic hmm. and he was completely supervised during this time so presumably he wouldn't have had access to it he was moved from being under house arrest to, be, to being in custody because of um, the initial poisoning. They all said that he was trying to commit suicide, but it wasn't quite working out. Um, oh. Police did also have a look at Henriette uh, to see if she was guilty. They actually held her for three months. They interrogated her, um, but eventually released her because they didn't have enough evidence. Now, she didn't have an alibi, mm -hmm. and she had a pretty good motive. And poisoning is a really female crime, and she would have had access to his room yeah. and the servant's exit. But if she was poisoning him... After the crime... But... Why? Why? I, I mean, it feels revenge? like if they were revenge towards him... Well, what? revenge towards her and the family. Like, I mean, she didn't get her reference. She wasted six uh, years on these kids. And maybe she wanted everyone to suffer. But... Uh, okay, so the the two options of well the two alternatives here we have either there was some ducal hanky panky going down, mm -hmm. or there wasn't. Yeah. If there was, then she was probably in a position to instigate or turn the husband towards the, against the wife in a violent manner. Yeah. But if that was the case, mm -hmm. then there had been hanky panky. Then. To me, it feels weird that she would be blaming someone for wasting this time if she was doing the behind-the-back hanky-panky with the fancy blue blood dude. Yeah. And also, if that was the case, she probably wouldn't want to poison him. Unless they did it together and he, she was worried that he would get away with it because he had the jury of peers and uh. she was a commoner. Okay, so so, you, so so this scenario, they're both killing, brutally killing I mean, the Duchess together. I think maybe if mm. if the if the Duke had a, a violent relationship with his wife anyway, mm. and the servant saw him in the room. I mean, the cord thing is weird enough in itself, right? Mm. There's a lot of weird things here, and but I mean, if that was the case, then she could just basically sick him on her. And not need to get her own hands dirty, but I maybe guess. Maybe she wanted to. Uh, okay, that's not impossible. Uh, I didn't think of that. The, the other option was just, like, if there was no hanky-panky, then she would probably not be able to get him to murder his wife yeah. in that way. No, I don't think so either, uh, unless it was just a coincidence and he was trying to kill her out of having a clean break because mm. he then gets her money. And he doesn't have the stigma of the divorce on yeah. his kids. True. But you'd think you'd go for an easier method. Mm. But then again, like, who knows? Um, okay, the, the, the joint uh, joint assaults sounds like the more probable thing. There's yeah. um, one other sort of interesting thing. So it was, it was a kind of sad end for the kids. The kids were um, split up and raised by other family members because who can take in 10 kids mm. um but over the the years that followed um 
there was a lot of uh, reports of corruption within the police. Oh. And that they hadn't actually investigated it properly. Huh. And there was a common percent uh, perception that they had allowed him to either commit suicide or they had poisoned him because they didn't want to have to deal with any further scandal within the family and it was a tidy way to end yeah, like the a tidy, whole clean controversy. Way to... huh. yeah. um, okay. The other sort of side note there is Henriette, she ended up disappearing off to the US afterwards and she ended up marrying someone and she became a well-known enough socialite in New York afterwards. She huh. did all right for herself. Okay. Um... But it also may have contributed um, to the French Revolution. Hey, you're you... very big on the butterflies. Yeah, I kind of am. So they were um, members of the royal court of King Louis Philippe. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, and because of this scandal of not only the murder, but the um, the subsequent uh, death by suicide, mm. um, it added to the public feeling that the king and his court weren't trustworthy or honorable. Oh. So whenever King Louis was forced to abdicate the throne and fled to England, it, it just reinforced the whole idea. But a lot, a lot of people of the time um, felt like that this incident was the catalyst for the whole thing. And it directly contributed to the start of the French Revolution, which was uh, 1848. So hmm. there wasn't actually that much time between the whole thing. Like, it was a year. Huh. Was it a year? Let me double check. 48? <laughs> no, no, no. That is definitely a connection enough for me. So, yeah. But, yeah, that was the end of it. I um, I don't doubt that the Duke was somehow involved, mm. but I just think there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, definitely. No, no, I... Uh, my weird faces towards this being a mystery was more that I thought this was going to be a pivot into the Duke trying to explain his innocence. But no, no, no. when we're talking circumstances and uh, possible accomplices, that is more mysterious and unclear. Yeah. And I do really like you nailing the thread of the uh, butterfly effect. <laughs> I'm glad it's not getting old. I guess this is our last... Uh... This is our last royal crime, at least for for a while. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the end of my story. I I know I I was debating whether or not to do this one because it's arguably not a true mystery, but for me, it was up in the air enough to go, "Hey, I'm doing it." It's unclear, and in my book, I would count this as unsolved. <laughs> I'm completely on board. I I did like it. I did like it. <laughs> oh dear. Well, no, no, no. I I no, did I... like it. I'm just feeling both slightly bad and slightly happy over my weird remarks during the course of this narrative. Uh, and I hope it wasn't too disruptive, but no, I hey. think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, uh, it's the end of our Royal King's Day special. It is. It now King- it's time to go out and paint the town orange, I guess. Oh, I'm going to bed. Like, um, no, all, all the drinking has been well and truly done. It's been a long, long day. Yeah, it's true. And I have had more orange than I can, I can muster. Mm. We both got the, the party pack with our hats and our everything. True, true. I still need to get some uh, orange flour. I 
think it's too late now. It's probably all on sale tomorrow. I I don't think it is actually. Like last year, mm-hmm. um, I it was the first time I tried it. Uh, can we explain? Fly is like <laughs> cold custard that comes in one liter cartons, yeah. and you sort of pour it out and eat it out of a bowl. Like I guess like Americans would eat chocolate pudding out of a tub. Kind of. Like, yeah, like out of it's cartons. like a dessert custard, but really light I love and. Fly. It's light and fluffy and easy to do. I don't think I've ever had orange flour. I had my first one last year what around uh, around Kingston. Orange, not just coloured orange. But both. It is okay. definitely coloured, but Seed it also apple. has the flavour of the citrusy orangey fruit. Okay. okay cool. um, but uh, no, I had the first time last year. And I have a friend who was like, no, no, you really have to try this. And I tried it. And then, oh, this is very good. And like, oh, you need to buy as much of this as you can because it's just King's Day and it's going to disappear. And it was still in the shops for like months. Really? After. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I, I'm not feeling panicked. I know it will still be there. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was well into autumn, possibly winter. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> you know and, and, and I checked the uh, expiry dates. It wasn't just leftovers. Oh, but... that stuff can last forever. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I want to know if they do a Koningsdach uh, Mona. Have you ever had Mona? Oh, uh, I think I've had one type at least. Uh, when I hear Mona, I'm just thinking of the uh, tiny puddings with the the pearly, uh, chocolatey ball things. But I do know they no. do different things as yeah. well. Um, but I think I've had one kind. Pearly, chocolatey ball things. Yeah, that's not the most You're scientifically accurate it. naming, I suppose. But mm. no, mm. I'm gonna get some of that. See if they have the orange one. Whatever we'll it is. And I'll get the orange flower. Oh, it'll be good. Why didn't we do this before King's Day? Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can have it for breakfast. Perfect. That's what I need. After a day and a half of heavy drinking, I need weird, perfect. foamy sugar stuff or orange custard. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds perfect. That's a perfect high note to end things on. <laughs> Uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you have your equivalent of orange custard. Mm-hmm. And we're also very happy that you're here. We thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Happy King's Day. Mm-hmm. Google some pictures. Yeah, and look ours up at crimebythebar.com. Yeah, we will post some up. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be we'll be merry at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at crimebythebar. Um, or, of course, email us if you're feeling super chatty. Mm-hmm. Um, crimebythebar at gmail.com. We love your emails. It's, um, yeah, it makes us super happy. Um, and, yeah. That's it for this week. I think so. We'll be back on Tuesday with more red-blooded crime, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Or cold-blooded crime. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That too. Dun, dun, dun. That's a good theme. We should do that. I already picked mine out for next week. <laughs> I have not. I need oh. to research. Okay. Well, farewell. <laughs> farewell. Have a nice weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
sleepy. Plus, I feel like we're in the gutter too much. Um, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm responsible. <laughs> no, do I need to restart this whole fucking thing? <laughs>